God's people of old, the Israelites, had been a united kingdom under their first king, Saul, then under David, and last of all under David's son, Solomon. However, Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord. He had 700 wives and 300 concubines, and his wives turned away his heart so that he burned incense and sacrificed unto their gods. The Lord was angry with Solomon, and in 2 Kings chapter 11, verses 11 and 12, the Lord said to him, For as much as this is done of thee, and thou hast not kept my covenant and my statutes, which I have commanded thee, I will surely rend the kingdom from thee, and will give it to thy servant. Notwithstanding, in thy days I will not do it for David's sake but I will rend it out of the hand of thy son. Howbeit, I will not rend away all the kingdom, but will give one tribe to thy son. In fulfilment of those words, when Solomon's son Rehoboam became king, there was a revolt against his reign about 930 BC, and Israel split into a northern kingdom and a southern one. The northern kingdom retained the name Israel and it was first ruled by Solomon's servant Jeroboam. He had been banished or fled to Egypt but, uh, during Solomon's reign but then he came back and he took over the southern kingdom, sorry the northern kingdom. As for the southern kingdom it was called Judah. It was first ruled by Rehoboam and it consisted of the tribe of Judah. Also, Benjamin allied itself to Judah. Coming back to King Solomon for a moment, the next time you pray for wisdom, you might like to remember how he turned to idolatry, despite being endued with so much godly wisdom. Therefore, pray rather that King Jesus would be your wisdom. Israel and Judah had a succession of kings. Suffice to say that all of the kings of Israel did evil and eventually, about 722 BC, Israel was conquered by the Assyrian Empire. As for Judah, it was certainly no better than Israel, even though it did at least have some kings who did right in God's sight. Even so, about 607 BC, it went into Babylonian captivity for 70 years, having forsaken God and turned to idols. After that time, Judah had various imperial masters. Nevertheless, it remained as a tribe, or more to the point, God preserved Judah, from which the Lord Jesus Christ sprang as it is written in Genesis chapter 49 and verse 10, The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh come, and unto him shall the gathering of the people be. Where it says until Shiloh come, that is a reference to the coming Messiah. The New Testament very clearly tells us that, according to the flesh, the Lord Jesus Christ 
is the descendant of King David, who was of the tribe of Judah. Consequently, when Jesus rode on the back of a donkey into Jerusalem, it's not for nothing that the crowd shouted, Hosanna to the son of David, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. No doubt many of them viewed Jesus as David's successor to the throne. However, the kingship of Jesus is spiritual and it is heavenly. Day by day, repentant sinners are being delivered out of the devil's dark domain and they are being transferred into the kingdom of Jesus. Over the next few weeks or so, we shall look at various kings of Judah and the first one, starting tonight, that we shall consider is Asa, who was the grandson of Rehoboam. I'm going to read 2 Chronicles chapter 14, verses 1 through to 6. So Abijah slept with his fathers, and they buried him in the city of David, and Asa his son reigned in his stead. In his days the land was quiet ten years, and Asa did that which was good in and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. For he took away the altars of the strange gods and the high places, and break down the images and cut down the groves, and commanded Judah to seek the Lord God of their fathers, and to do the law and the commandment. Also he took away out of all the cities of Judah the high places and the images, and the kingdom was quiet before him. And he built fenced cities in Judah, for the land had rest. And he had no war in those years, because the Lord had given him rest. Asa was the son of Abijah and the grandson of Rehoboam, two wicked kings. Even so, we read in verse 2 that Asa did that which was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. Note in verse 2, that the Lord was his God, and not some worthless idol. Also, verse 2 tells us that Asa did that which was good in the sight of the Lord his God. How can any of us ever be said to do that which is good in God's sight, when Jesus said that there is none good save one that is God? And the Apostle Paul said that in him, that is in his flesh, dwelt no good thing. The clue is actually in verse 2. The Lord must be your God. And that means that you must be trusting in his beloved son, the Lord Jesus Christ, as your saviour from sin and pleading nothing other than the goodness of Jesus. In verse 3, we are told that Asa removed the altars of the strange gods and he destroyed the idols. However, when you get to verse 17 in the next chapter, 
you'll see that it is written that the high places were not taken away out of Israel. Nevertheless, the heart of Asa was perfect all his days. Therefore, even if Asa didn't entirely succeed, it was nevertheless his heart's desire and determination to root out idolatry from Judah. As such, his heart is said to have been perfect. When it comes to us, you know as well as I do that our hearts are far from perfect. Even so, as a new creature in Christ and with God's sanctifying grace, I trust that you are someone who prayerfully seeks to mortify the deeds of the flesh. If that is you, then you are said to have a new heart. We get that from Ezekiel chapter 36 and verse 26. And you are said to have a pure heart. That's from Psalm 24 and verse 4. As part of Asa's purge of the wicked practices in Judah, 1 Kings chapter 15 and verse 12 tells us that he took away the Sodomites out of the land. Sodomites refers to male homosexual prostitutes who had defiled the temple in Jerusalem. A sure sign that our own nation is in deep rebellion against God is its sanctioning of homosexuality and homosexual marriage relationships. Also, and this would have taken much courage, Asa removed his grandmother, Maeka, from being queen because of her idolatry, and he destroyed her idol. Take heed, we all need to be on our guard so as not to allow ungodly family and ungodly friends to drag us down. In verse 4, we see that having destroyed some, if not all, of the high places and idols, Asa commanded his subjects to seek the Lord and to be obedient to God's laws. Likewise, we too, having been delivered from the idols of this world, are to live out our faith in obedience to God. We'll now have a look at verses 6 and 7 in 2 Chronicles chapter 14. Sorry, 6 through to 8. And he built fenced cities in Judah, for the land had rest, and he had no war in those years, because the Lord had given him rest. Therefore he said unto Judah, Let us build these cities, and make about them walls, and towers, gates, and bars, while the land is yet before us. Because we have sought the Lord our God, we have sought him. And he have given us rest on every side. So they built and prospered. And Asa had an army of men that bear targets and spears out of Judah, 300,000 and out of Benjamin that bear shields and drew bows, two hundred and fourscore thousand. All these were mighty men of valour. In verse 6, 
It is written that the Lord gave rest to Asa. And when you look back at verse 1, you can see that Judah actually enjoyed 10 peaceful years. But note, they didn't put their feet up. They didn't chillax during that 10 years of peace. They spent the time building up their defences. This is a lesson that needs to be learnt by the British government that peacetime should not be a time of shrinking the armed forces, but rather it should be a time of building them up and preparing for war. As for us, no matter how peaceful everything may appear to be for us at times, we should nevertheless always be on our guard, putting on the whole armour of God every day and prayerfully looking to God to build us up in our faith because even though our adversary the devil may have departed for a season he is never far away and then there is this Christ-hating world that we live in the devil is the god of this world as a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ don't imagine that the world will love you it won't the world loves its own So be on your guard at all times. Also, with the flesh lusting against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh, mortifying the deeds of the flesh is not something that we dare take a break from. You have an ongoing battle within you. We'll read verses 9 through to 15. And there came out against them Ziva, the Ethiopian, with a host of a thousand thousand and three hundred chariots, and came unto Marishah. And Asa went out against him, and they set the battle in array in the valley of Zephatha at Marishah. And Asa cried unto the Lord his God, and said, Lord, It is nothing with thee to help, whether with many or with them that have no power. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rest on thee, and in thy name we go against this multitude. O Lord, thou art our God, let not man prevail against thee. So the Lord smote the Ethiopians before Asa and before Judah, and the Ethiopians fled, and Asa and the people that were with him pursued them unto Givar, and the Ethiopians were overthrown, that they could not recover themselves, for they were destroyed before the Lord and before his host, and they carried away very much spoil, and they smote all the cities round about Girar, for the fear of the Lord came upon them, and they spoiled all the cities for there was exceeding much spoil in them. They smote also the tents of cattle and carried away sheep and camels in abundance and returned to Jerusalem. After ten years of rest, the kingdom of Judah battled with the Ethiopians, who had an army that was twice as big as their own. Therefore, even though Judah was right to have built up its army, it was nevertheless no match for their enemy's army. 
Asa knew that all his preparations for war would prove futile unless the Lord gave him and Judah the victory. And so, according to verse 11, Asa cried unto the Lord his God. Consequently, the Lord gave Judah the victory over the Ethiopians and he also gave them much in the way of spoils of war. The Lord blessed Judah and Benjamin with material things, even though they did not ask for them. Sadly, there are professing Christians today who look to God to bless them with earthly riches. Instead of doing that, we should earnestly desire to store up treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. Like Asa, we too are to have no confidence in the flesh. Our trust must be in the Lord and not in the arm of the flesh, and our daily battle with sin. We ought to go into battle being led by the captain of the Lord's host, the Lord Jesus Christ, who secured the victory over sin at the cross, when by his death he destroyed him that had the power of death, that is, the devil. And we can thank God that the day will most certainly come when all of the redeemed of the Lord will be raised up with bodies that are immortal, imperishable and incorruptible, and they shall say, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Finally, even though it is written in 2 Chronicles, chapter 14 and verse 2, that Asa did that which was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God, and there is much from his life that we do well to apply to our own lives, the Lord enabling, there is also a warning for us from the life of Asa, lest we vainly imagine that our faith is such that we can't possibly stumble. 2 Chronicles chapter 16 tells us about a time when Baasha, king of Israel, came up against Judah. I'm going to turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 16 and read verses 1 through to 6. In the sixth and thirtieth year of the reign of Asa, Baasha, king of Israel, came up against Judah and built Ramah to the intent that he might let none go out or come into Asa, king of Judah. Then Asa brought out silver and gold out of the treasures of the house of the Lord and of the king's house and sent to Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, that dwelt at Damascus, saying, There is a league between me and thee, as there was between my father and thy father. Behold, I have sent thee silver and gold. Go break thy league with Baasha, king of Israel, that he, he may depart from thee. Sorry, he may depart from me. And Ben-Hadad hearkened unto king Asa, and sent the captains of his armies against the cities of Israel, 
and they smote Ijon and Dan and Abel Mayam and all the store cities of Naphtali. And it came to pass when Baasha heard it that he left off building of Ramoth and let his work cease. Then Asa the king took all Judah and they carried away the stones of Ramah and the timber thereof wherewith Baasha was building and he built therewith Geba and Mizpah. As such, Israel took Ramah and fortified it, whereupon King Asa procured the help, not of the Lord, but of a pagan king. Envoys came from Judah to King Ben-Hadad of Syria, bearing gifts of silver and gold from the temple in Jerusalem, and he broke his treaty with Israel. Judah and Syria then struck various cities in Israel, and the king of Israel retreated from Ramah. In verses 7 through to 14, it is written, And at that time, Hanani the seer came to Asa king of Judah, and said unto him, Because thou hast relied on the king of Syria, and not relied on the Lord thy God, Therefore is the host of the king of Syria escaped out of thine hand. Were not the Ethiopians and the Lubims a huge host, and very many chariots and horsemen? Yet because thou didst rely on the Lord, he delivered them into thine hand. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect towards him. Herein thou hast done foolishly, therefore from henceforth thou shalt have wars. Then Asa was wroth with the seer, and put him in the prison house, for he was in in a rage with him because of this thing. And Asa oppressed some of the people the same time. And behold, the acts of Asa, first and last, lo, they are written in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. And Asa, in the thirty and ninth year of his reign, was deceased, sorry, diseased, in his feet, until his disease was exceeding great. Yet in his disease he sought not to the Lord, but to the physicians. And Asa slept with his fathers and died in the one and fortieth year of his reign. And they buried him in his own sepulchres, which he had made for himself in the city of David, and laid him in the bed which was filled with sweet odours and divers kinds of spices prepared by the apothecaries out, and they made a very great burning for him. Even though the Lord had given King Asa and Judah the victory over the Ethiopians about six years earlier, when Asa cried unto the Lord, on this occasion he turned to the arm of the flesh, pagan flesh at that, instead of trusting in the Lord. Consequently, a prophet of God paid Asa a visit and told him that Judah had now lost Syria. 
had he left the king of Syria to continue in league with the king of Israel and not solicited him to break it, the Lord would have delivered Syria to him. When the Lord spoke to Asa through his prophet, that ought to have been enough for him to prostrate himself before the throne of God with a broken and contrite heart. But instead of doing that, Asa put the prophet of God in prison. Far from having a heart filled with repentance, we're told in verse 10 that he was in a rage. Three years later, Asa suffered with a disease in his feet and he went to the physicians without first seeking the Lord. That was yet another indication that his faith had slipped and his trust was in the arm of flesh and not in the Lord. This is despite the Lord's faithfulness to him. As children of God, our trust is to be in God, whatever the situation, whether it be in our daily battles with sin or health matters, in fact, in anything and everything. This is the clear teaching of scripture. For example, in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 5 and verse 7, it is written, Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord, and whose hope the Lord is. And last of all, there's Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through to 6, where it is written, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Amen.